Welcome back, my friends. Thank you so much for being a part of the radio program today. This is the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast, broadcasting from right here in Bloomington, Illinois. It's been going out over the airwaves since 1958, if you can believe that. Our founder, Dr. Paul Levine, did such a phenomenal job. I appreciate his spirit and in listening to recordings of him. Of course, he was called home to heaven in 1996, but in listening to recordings of him, I'm always uh, impressed. I'm always inspired to do just a little bit more for not only the cause of Christ, but also just have that attitude, that attitude of hope, of joy of encouragement. And that's a goal today. And then, of course, the last 15 years or so, my predecessor here at BTI, Pastor Mark Smith. Now, he's pastoring now. The Lord called him to Pennsylvania. And thankfully, he's still around and available for a phone call, unlike our founder, Dr. Paul Levine. But he has been such a great counselor to me. Pastor Mark Smith has. And he, of course, was at the helm of this broadcast, of this program, and was such a favorite of so many people. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity now to assume the mantle of Bible Tract Echoes. We're going to talk about what we began with yesterday. We're talking about this deadly sin of pride. It can sneak into any of our lives. It's from Discipleship Study number 30. You can order that discipleship study for free from our website, BibleTracksInc.org. And I hope it's not a problem with you. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today. I want to really lay a firm foundation. I don't want to give you my opinions about pride. I want the Bible to speak for itself. I'd like for you to turn to the book of Psalms. While you do that, while you turn to the book of Psalms right near the middle of your Bible, I'm going to tell you about a gospel tract. It's called The Tragedy of a Wasted Life. Romans 12:1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. There was a sad old man dying of cancer, and he told a pastor friend this tragic story. Now, I'm reading now directly from this gospel tract called The Tragedy of a Wasted Life. This old man said, Years ago, in Sweden, the country of Sweden, God called me to preach. To this I agreed if he would enable me to sell my farm. The very next day, a man made me an offer, but I hesitated, telling him to return on the morrow, to return the next day. After prayer, I promised God that I would preach if the buyer would agree to take my job as the Sunday school superintendent as well. And the man said, that's the very chance I've wanted. I was hoping I'd like to buy your farm. I'd also love to be the Sunday school superintendent there and replace you. He paid me for the farm, but rather than using the money to prepare for the ministry, I went to America. The first year in America, my wife died, leaving me with five children. Very soon after that, my oldest daughter died, and still I would not surrender to God's will. I preached a little bit on the side, but I did not obey God in giving him my full time. I lost a good business, pleaded bankruptcy, and left town. Then I went into the hardware business and prospered for a time, but one of my sons who assisted me in the work began a systematic robbery of the till, was part of fraud there. Again, I was forced into bankruptcy. These things did not come upon me accidentally. They were the hand of God. 
Now, the old man said, I'm dying of cancer. I have approximately three months to live. And weeping, he said this, I know I'm saved, but oh, the loss. I will soon be ushered into his presence to give account of a whole life of disobedience. What a tragedy. Wasted time, wasted talents, wasted treasure, wasted testimony. He could have become the D.L. Moody of the country of Sweden, except he said no. This gospel tract right here, I only read a third of it or so. There is more to be read as the author, our founder, Dr. Paul Levine, expounds upon the idea, the tragedy of a wasted life. Friend, don't waste your life. Turn it over to God. Would you please? I'd love to give you this gospel track completely free of charge. You can order it from our website, BibleTracksInc.org. It's one of 40 different titles that we've been printing, producing, distributing, shipping completely free for over 80 years. Please avail yourself of this free opportunity. Now, let's turn our attention to the book of Psalms, chapter number 10. We are going to continue in this study of the sin of pride. It's a besetting sin for so many, and I'd like for us to talk about it today. Psalm chapter number 10, verse 4. We read it at the very tail end yesterday. Let's read it today. Psalm 10, verse 4 says, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Now, turn back to Psalm number 73. Go back a few there, a few pages, Psalm 73 and verse number 6. Let's take this as sort of a text verse today and realize the effect that sin of pride can have. Psalm 73 and verse number 6 says, Therefore, pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. You see, friend, pride, it feels like a platform to stand on. But in reality, it's chains that bind you up and keep you from doing what you should be doing. Remember that the root of every argument is pride. Pride is the only thing that will stop an argument from being settled. Proverbs 16 verse 5 says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. I told you I was going to give you a lot of Bible. Here's another one. Ezekiel 16.49 Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. What was the iniquity of the city of Sodom? Pride. One of the sins of that Sodomite city was pride. James 4.6, here's another one, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Have I given you enough scripture? We're not quite done yet. James chapter 2 speaks much of the sin of respect of persons. It is the sin whereby you treat the rich, the upper crust, the sharply dressed, better than you treat the poor, the rejected, the misfits. A person who is prejudiced or snubs the poor has a problem with pride. Let me give you a funny illustration of this idea of pride. A woodpecker was once pecking into a tree as lightning exploded 
and blew the tree apart. The woodpecker flapped away, thinking very highly of itself and saying to himself, Look what I did. Well, friend, you must understand that anything great that we do, all the glory is owed to God. A little bit of a prankster many, many years ago sent a congratulatory note to 20 different acquaintances of his that hadn't really done anything of notable recognition, but he just spoke in generalities and, and talking them up and telling them how appreciative he is for their, their investment in humanity. And in less than two weeks, all of those people had sent him a thank you note back, even though they hadn't even done anything. Friends, that's pride. Accepting praise for something you haven't even done. Let me give you an idea of what pride is like. Pride can easily be summed up in a statement like this. I can do all things. Not God can do all things, but I. In and of myself, I think I have the power to do all things. You can compare and contrast that to a concept like pity. You can sum up pity with a phrase like this, I can do no things. Remember, pride, I can do all things. Pity, I can do no things. But how about peace? You want true peace? You should use a statement like this, I can do all things through Christ. Would you like some more Bible to prove this idea of pride and how deadly it can be? Well, look at the book of Isaiah. Turn over there for just a moment. I want to point out very specifically, when Lucifer, the devil, when he fell from heaven, or should I say was kicked out of heaven for his sin of pride, I'd like to point this out to you. Isaiah 14, verse number 12 says this, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, now get this, here's what Lucifer said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Notice all of the times that the devil used the word I. You can make the case that this was the very first sin. Many people resemble a peacock. They're all show and all beauty, but there's not much spiritual meat to them. Let's conclude the study today by looking at some of pride's victims in the Bible. I told you I was going to give you a lot of Bible. I'm not going to read every single one of these verses, but I'll give you the references if you'd like to look them up for yourself and prove it to yourself later on. Remember Saul? He was a victim of pride in 1 Samuel 15, 17. Samuel pointed out to him, when thou wast little in thine own sight, Wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? You see, Saul got a little bit too big for his britches. A man named Naaman, 2 Kings 5, 11 and 12. The Pharisee in Luke 18, 11. How about Herod in Acts 12, 21 through 23? Nebuchadnezzar, there's a big one. Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, chapter number 4, 30 through 37. These are just some of the victims of pride 
that you can find in the Bible. Let's end with this thought here. Charles Spurgeon once had a proud seminary student walk up the steps to the platform to preach. He got lost in his sermon and then began to cry. He closed his Bible and sat on the front seat. Spurgeon said, If you would have gone up the way you went down, you would have gone down the way you came up. Friend, if we bring a spirit of humbleness to our work for Christ, there is no limit to how God can use us. Tomorrow, we're going to do this. We're going to look very quickly at the cure to pride. And then we're going to review some of our discipleship studies from right here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Don't miss the end of the week tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.